Well, we want to welcome you to the Reformed Informants. This is a podcast devoted to biblical exposition, systematic theology, and practical application for the good of the church. I'm Lance Burrows, and if TJ can get his mic I, yeah, rolling, know. we're good. I, I think I'm okay. And that's TJ Darty, <laughs> and we are the Reformed Informants. What happened over I, there? Well, I don't, you know, I just wanted to make sure that sometimes I reposition my mic, and I just want to make sure everything's in the right place. It'll eventually get in the wrong place here shortly. Yeah. I, I can't sit still, depending on how I look, you know, if I'm looking at the camera, if I'm looking at you. I'm we don't want you, computer. yeah, we don't want you to get reprimanded for bad mic use. Or, uh, <laughs> yeah, I wonder who might reprimand me for that. Looking at you, Chloe. Oh, so what's happening, man? How how are things? Man, things are good. Things are busy. But this is my favorite day of the week. Yeah. Getting getting into the studio, discussing Mondays. theology. Man, Monday night, that's when we roll. Recording days. I mean, to the, at the time of this recording, we are very far out in front. So this won't be released for quite some time. Yeah, this episode, goodness. It, we're probably looking at, I don't know into august or september maybe but what's funny is we're recording this in july but we're anticipating chaos in our lives as it's coming yeah as children enter into this world so we're trying to work on the front end to allow some of that to uh i don't know ease the burden a little bit for us which is part of the reason why we have all these requests saying hey we'd love to hear about these topics or these issues and um, we're respectfully attempting to answer those questions but we also are trying to navigate some of the necessary background and foundational issues before we attempt to answer every question out there yeah that is correct yeah well we uh we've knocked out a couple series bibliology and uh, theology proper and then i think we released a couple standalone episodes um after that last series um so we're going to get into a, a lengthier or bigger series soon but we we have a couple standalone episodes maybe that we want to get to um, before we kind of get locked into a five part series or six part series like uh, we've done in the past. So um, for this episode, we're going to take a look at angels, angelology. Yeah. And uh, which particular aspect of angelology are we going to look at? You mean like holy angels? Is that yeah? Was that yeah, your yeah, question? Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. So yep. we're looking at not fallen angels, not. Uh, demons, Satan, any of the that will be a separate discussion. But this is the the holy aspect. These are the, um, for lack of a better term, these are the good angels. These yeah, the, the guys, yeah, right? the good ones, yeah. the good guys. Um, which, by the way, you mentioned as a standalone. A lot of times, angelology is included almost as a subsection within theology proper because angels come in part of the created order. Right. So it's typically tucked away inside of theology proper but we kind of pulled it out of that just because we already had another six episodes on that and we didn't want to just bog down in that discussion of oh here's another aspect of creation so instead of just looking at it in within those parameters we we wanted to pull out we wanted to just discuss all of the uh, questions and concepts associated with holy angels related to scripture yeah well Looking through some systematic theologies, I, I would say, uh, lack of a better word, that angelology is somewhat neglected, mm. maybe a little bit in previous uh, volumes of by yeah. different systematicians. Well, like they're just not really. I, I don't know. It's just not a. It's not exhaustively or comprehensively addressed. It, it's almost 
kind of glossed over yeah. so we can move on to the next category. Okay, let me let this is this is free by the way. This isn't even in our notes. <laughs> so I want to ask two questions of that. Number one is the question of why, and number two is is that a problem? Like, is that a mistake to gloss over? Um, and prior to that, why do you think it is glossed over? Yeah, well, yeah, I think it's a mistake to gloss over it. I think it's probably glossed over because uh, maybe it's not as glamorous as talking about soteriology, or mm-hmm. maybe it's not as glamorous talking about the work of Christ. Um, and I don't know, to some degree, I, I think some may, um, scared probably isn't the best word to use, but some may be a little timid to try and tackle uh, just the subject in general. Mm. What do you What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I would I would agree that we can't. This is the beauty of systematic theology when done properly, when done correctly, is that you can't skip it. You can't just merely gloss over it um, because a full systematic theology is going to address all the doctrines of Scripture. It's going to pay attention to all of the biblical counsel. So we can't just ignore this. Um, I do I do understand though that. The doctrine of angels is not, it doesn't hold the same weight. You said it's not as glamorous. Certainly, it's not as glamorous, but it also doesn't hold the same weight, I think, as the doctrine of Christ and the doctrine of salvation, at least in terms of the foundational issues of Christianity. But for those of us who want to take the Bible seriously, we have to come to these questions and and attempt to be as exhaustive as possible on this subject. So I think it's, we want to have that healthy balance, right? Um, I think there's a tendency. And we'll, we'll discuss some of this shortly, but there's a tendency to overemphasize and become obsessive about this doctrine, um, while others, like you mentioned, are dismissive of the doctrine. And we want to find that middle ground that says, hey, this is what the Bible says. This is all the Bible says. We can go no further. And this is what we therefore hold to. Yeah, that's C.S. Lewis said, find a middle ground, right? You don't want to be obsessed, but you also don't want to neglect. Mm-hmm. Find a middle ground when you're talking about spiritual beings angelology, and I think that's what we're going to try and attempt uh, to do in this episode. Uh, I would also add, too, that if you kind of survey uh, religion, generally speaking, there's a lot of talk about angels. You'll find it in Roman Catholicism. Uh, You'll find it uh, even in cults such as uh, Jehovah's Witness, right? Um, Should we pray to angels? Should we worship angels? Things like that actually go on um, outside of Christianity, but even to some degree, you, you may find it in "quote unquote" Christianity. Yeah, no, that's yeah, fair, yeah that's fair to say. Um, okay, so let's start tackling some of the questions. I think um, as we attempt to dive into this subject, our goal is going to be to address some of the major facets or tenets of. Yeah. What does it mean to build a doctrine of angelology? And then we'll ask some, try to ask and answer some frequently asked questions, so to speak, right? Like some some related questions, um, kind of all piled into one section yeah. at the end. So there's, there's misunderstandings out there. Yes. So we'll we'll tackle all those. Yes. After we lay this framework. Right. So let's let's build the framework first. First things first. Let's define what what are we talking about whenever we use that word. Uh, the holy uh, holy angel. Where does that come from? Where, what, what does it mean? Yeah, J. Mack in his biblical doctrines, he he defines it defines angels as non-human, supernatural, created beings. 
By the way, J Mac is John MacArthur. John MacArthur. Yes. Johnny just Mac. In, just in case there's somebody out there unfamiliar <laughs> with the J Mac vernacular, just wanted yeah. to, yeah, non-human, supernatural created beings. Right. So in other words, these are, these are they're not. It's not humanity, non-human. They're supernatural, so that it's not just animals, but they have been created. In other words, yeah. they're not divine. Yeah, all of those are important distinctions exactly. when defining angels, and we'll, we'll kind of flush those things out as we go here. So. If, if you look in the Old Testament and you look in the New Testament, actually a few hundred times yeah. angels uh, show up in Scripture. So you want to kind of give us um, what that looks like as far as Hebrew, Greek? Yeah, the, um, uh, the, as far as like the vocabulary yeah, the terms yeah, yeah, those yeah. come from. Yeah. Uh, the Hebrew word is malak. The Greek word is angelos. Uh, both of those words, uh, as you mentioned, are frequently uh, used in, in Scripture. 213 times in the Old Testament, you're going to see that phrase or that word. 176 times in the New Testament, that word angelos is the, uh, the word that's used in the Septuagint that's, that translates that Greek Old Testament. So they're uh, essentially one-for-one one equivalents, what that means. And, okay. and that word, when we see angel um, in Scripture, in our English translations, that word... Um, carries the meaning of a messenger, um, an envoy, an ambassador, but it's it's predominantly a messenger. So when you think of that word, um, there are times in the Old Testament, yeah, uh, that, yeah. yeah that the word no, that's good. is translated messenger, uh, not angel. Right? Is that what you were about yeah, to mention? Yeah, well, the, yeah, the, there are. I don't know. I don't know how many a handful, maybe a dozen times where that word is translated the messenger mm-hmm. or the angel of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Right. So those are interchangeable. Yes, and and there basically context is going to dictate how you might translate yeah. um, or, or which which uh, meaning carries the most weight there. But but it that that I think is essential to understanding part of the task and the purpose for which angels were created, yeah. right? Yeah, well, we defined names of God mm-hmm. in a previous series. Well, defining what angels means re- gives us really the, the the task or the function right. of, of angels. Yeah, we have a glimpse into what angels do based on yeah. how they are defined. Um, okay, you mentioned that they're created beings. Why do we want to emphasize that? Where does that come from? Because, again, we're doing systematic theology. We just referenced um, these almost 400 times that this word occurs in Scripture. Let's build this case, okay? We're, we're going to use this non-human, supernatural, created being definition. Um, how do we do that? What, what do you mean by these are created beings, and how are you going to justify that? that with a biblical case. Yeah, well, we want to go to the text as always, right? Uh, we don't want to conjure up some idea in our head that angels are somehow uh, equal to or on par with God, right? Um, that would be a dangerous place to place angels on, on that particular level. Um, yeah, so we want to emphasize this from the beginning because this is how Scripture outlines and defines angels. They are, they are created beings. So you could go to Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 6. Um, that verse says, You have made the heavens, the heaven of heavens with all their host, the earth and all that is on it, the seas and all that is in them. You give life to all of them, and the heavenly hosts bows down before you. Mm. Okay, so even a couple times in that verse... Uh, Nehemiah chapter 9 verse 6 
We see that God has made the heavens, he's made all of the host of heavens, and that the hosts themselves bow down before Mm. God. Yeah. That's a critical starting point. Absolutely. Now, I know you had something. Well, I was going to say, so I I didn't want to cut you off, um, but I was going to make the comment when you mentioned the, the emphasis on the created being aspect. I think there is a tendency, we even see it in Scripture, there's a tendency to want to worship angels, and we're going to come to that question uh, later, but but angels are supernatural, and there's a majestic, powerful you know, component to their Absolutely. being. Absolutely. They, they're, they're otherworldly. They're not human. And so there's this this divine tendency. Like we have this, this tendency as humans when we see something that appears beyond our capabilities, beyond us, we want to submit to that, and and I think there's there's a, a a heart tendency within us to submit and to want to worship, and right. we want to make that distinction. Yeah, well, I mean, you can see in Scripture whenever angels show up in angelic form, that people are absolutely terrified. Yes, people every are time. absolutely frightened. Yeah. they're basically face down on the ground in the presence of this supernatural. Uh, spiritual being, which I, I think that's why that tension is there. Yeah. Man, it, this it's not like me, mm-hmm. right? Um, so maybe I should worship it. Right. right, right. But as you just mentioned, Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 6, you see angels are submitting, bowing down to God because they have been created. God made the heavens. He made the, the hosts. Uh, the heavenly host, and the heavenly host bows down before him. You see the same thing in Psalm 148. Uh, Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. That emphasis there, his angels, his hosts, they have been created, and they are um, now submitting and praising and worshiping God as a result of their creation from right. him. Right? Like they come from God, they are uh, created by God, and so they turn around and they worship God uh, because he is the one who has created them. Yeah, yeah, and and I notice there the angels aren't worshiping themselves, mm-hmm. so they understand their created order. Uh, they understand fully that the honor, glory, praise goes to the true one, God. Um, I think I mentioned in a previous episode, and we'll talk about this later when we talk about Satan and demons. But there's even a recognition um, from Satan and demons um, that they are not deity themselves. Um, mm. That's yeah. That's that's a good point. Um, you know, <laughs> thinking about trying to have that proper balance and that proper perspective. Um, we've talked before about Colossians chapter one, uh, specifically verses fifteen and sixteen. Right, that he's the image so of, good. The, of the invisible so God, good. the firstborn of all creation. But in verse sixteen, by him, that is Christ, all things were created. So we've talked about that with creation. We've talked about the. The, the triune activity of the of the Trinity in creation, Father, Son, and Spirit active in this. Um, but it goes on to say, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. So now we're, we're getting the comprehensive scope. Um, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. So that includes angels. Uh, in fact, there's a, a heavenly... Uh, a reference to the heavenly host there um, in that language to say they have been created by God. 
Um, and, and my mind goes to Hebrews chapter one, right? Is that where you were about to take us? No, I was hoping that's what you were going to yeah, keep he- commenting Hebrews on. Hebrews chapter one. I mean, the the author there, we don't know exactly who the author is, but the author is making a case in Hebrews that Christ is supreme, right? There's a, the beginning of, of the book of Hebrews is about the supremacy of Christ. And um, verse five, basically the author says, why on earth would you suggest that angels are supreme over Christ? I mean, to which of the angels did God ever say, you're my son, today I've begotten you? That's Hebrews 1, verse 5. Christ is supreme over his angels, right? Like there's a created order. You said that word order. There's an order to this creation. God is above, angels are created. Yeah, what's interesting about the Hebrews 1 passage uh, that you just talked about, isn't it interesting that 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 is the first thing that the writer addresses when showing the superiority or the supremacy of Christ. It's because people in the first century and previous centuries had elevated angels to a place that the Scripture never took them. That's a, right? that's a so, great observation. Um, so so the author here is making the case that Christ is. Uh, he's superior to angels. Then he's superior to Moses. He's mm-hmm. superior to Aaron and Jot. Right? It goes on mm-hmm. down the list. Mm-hmm. But this is because the teaching on angels had been corrupted, like much of the teaching during the first century. So the writer wants to, he he wants to set it straight here that yeah. Christ is superior to the angels. Yeah, that's a great observation that he starts there. And again, I think this kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier that it's so easy to distort this. Yeah. It's so easy. Um, and we see examples in Scripture, the fear, the terror, the um, just the overwhelming presence of one of these beings has distorted the view and the understanding of the actual doctrine of angels and what holy angels are. Yeah. So it's important to, do, to have a proper perspective. Yeah, well, you're talking about the reaction of people when angels are present. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a good segue into, in, into the, the next component here of angels. Well, what do angels look like? What is their yeah. appearance? Well, they are angelic. They are, yeah, they're angelic no, yeah. beings. I'm going to try to answer that without <laughs> using the uh, the word and the definition, right? Well, Scripture tells us we kind of have two different um, aspects of their appearance. First of all, we're told that they're spirits. So these are uh, Hebrews 1.14. They're ministering spirits. We will reference that verse multiple times um, throughout the episode, I'm sure, because that's an important verse for building a doctrine of, of, of angels. Um, yeah, but, hold, hold, okay, no, no, go ahead. Well, yeah, we keep, we're, we're talking about Hebrews. This is why when we're talking about angels, we'll go to the book of Hebrews often mm-hmm. because the, the point is made in multiple places in Hebrews that, that Christ is superior to angels. That's why they show up later on in Hebrews chapter 13, um, I think maybe chapter 10. Anyways, oh, that's uh, good. The, the point stands. No, that's, that's really yeah. good, and, and you'll see that theme in there because the author is going to um, he anticipates a, a an audience that misunderstands so he wants to put yeah. proper um, perspective and understanding on that doctrine so yes they are spirits but many times especially throughout the biblical canon we see that they appear in human form or, or take on human form and uh, it's interesting you pointed this out to me that every time that they appear, they always appear as fully grown adult males. Right. Um, they're always used in the masculine. They're always that you don't have angelic babies that show up on the scene. Right. These are full. Um, they, they have the appearance of full grown men. Um, and, and they they show up in different ways. Sometimes it's obvious 
these are angelic beings. Like there's some kind of aura about them. There's some kind of essence about it. We don't really understand. We yeah, don't really know. I mean, is there any, um, like, I mean, do they really have wings? Does the scripture describe them as having wings? Um, is it fair to say that they do, right? Or is that yeah. just something that we've seen in pictures and posters or right. Google? Like? Right. Well, I think we have to be careful with how we understand those things. Okay. In, in these appearances, we don't have... We don't have direct statements that talk about the angel flapping its wings as he settled onto the ground, right? Like he flew right. down from heaven. And, so, and some people have that conception in their mind. Now, there are uh, there are passages that, that indicate that there are wings. Sure, yeah. And, and that's yeah. we'll get to that. But uh, Or, yeah, what would you say to, well, to kind of add that? Yeah, I, I, I like how you explain that. We don't have portions of Scripture that talk about angels arriving on the scene and— you know, flapping their wings yeah. to finally get them to rest on the earth. But we do have passages, I think, of Isaiah chapter 6, mm-hmm. I think of Revelation chapter 4 and 5, also the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel, that's where I was going to yeah, go. Yeah, you know, it talks about uh, some angels having six wings, right? Um, I've never seen an angel in angelic form. Right. And, and the Scripture really doesn't get too descriptive on you know, what exactly those wings look like, right. what is the size of the wings, how should we understand that in relation to what we would think, humanly speaking, that wings mm-hmm. may look like. Mm-hmm. Which is, which I'm glad you brought that up to, to make that, to make mention of, we have a distorted view of angels, likely because of our depictions, like you mentioned on Google or um TV, like I watched Angels sure. in the Outfield as a kid. What am I supposed to do? I, I'm formula. My brain is now forging uh, the angels, angels have power for pitching. That's and right. Baseball Angel, and... Angels hit homers. You know, like like as a kid, I'm trying right. to. I'm, I'm forging those two concepts of biblical imagery and Hollywood, and they're put together in my mind. And now I have to work to separate those two. Yeah. And to be careful with that because we see like Matthew twenty eight three, the resurrection scene. Their angels are. It says his appearance was like lightning, and like his lightning. and his clothing is white as snow, like, like lightning, you, bro. You have this. You have this appearance that is impossible to describe. And the gospel writer says it's like lightning. Well, how do, how does somebody look like lightning? Uh, I, yeah, right. Yeah, it's something. There's some kind of aura. There's some kind of glow. There's some kind of something. Bright white, blazing right. white. But how do you depict that appropriately? Well. You, you you paint him in a certain way and and suddenly the image is distorted and we right. we no longer have the biblical view instead we have google images sure. or or a painting in a hotel that we've now put together and so i think that's important um to to distinguish those two um there are other cases though in scripture where angels show up we've mentioned somewhere they show up their appearances like lightning um where um, where people are absolutely terrified. Yeah, they like, shook like dead men, yeah, the guards, right, yes, at the resurrection. Yes. I think of, of like Gideon when, when when the angel appears, like he is absolutely just, I mean, shaking because he can't stand, like he, he's just overwhelmed at it. But there are other times when angels show up and people don't even know. Right. So how do we kind of balance those two? Um, like what what is, how do we, how does that inform the way that we view angels in that regard? Yeah, the classic text, um, that we would want to go to uh, where angels are showing up on the scene as adult males would be, you know, your Genesis 18, 19, Sodom and Gomorrah. God sends 
two angels, messengers as human beings to warn Lot, right? Genesis 18 and 19. Look, they appear there as adult males. Uh, yeah. You know, in other words, they're unrecognizable as an angel. Uh, all the men from the town that show up at Lot's uh, doorstep, they assume, their assumption is that those two men are just guests from another town. Right. They're, they're just from somewhere else. They're indistinguishable from other human men yeah. in that regard. Yeah, yeah. which is, I'll admit that that is bizarre. Yeah. I think that those are exceptions to the rule, though, right? That we, we don't see all over Scripture angels appearing as adult males. And what I mean by that is it's not frequent. Mm-hmm. But it does happen. So we need to address it to be fair to the scripture. Exactly. I think when you build a an appear a doctrine of the appearance of, of angels, you say most of the time when they appear, there is a an emphatic, um, usually associated with white, with purity, with holiness, something distinct, right? And there is uh, typically an association with fear. So there's a there's a a powerful presence there. Yeah. Um, there's something that demands respect. It's something that's greater than us in appearance. Um, but there are other cases in Scripture where these angels can either manifest as humans or they can conceal or God Somehow, we don't really know, they show up. I yeah. mean, Hebrews, it, Hebrews 13. Right, yeah. I mean, you know, be, be hospitable to strangers, <laughs> yeah. Hebrews 13. Yeah. I think that's verse 2 says. Mm-hmm. Be hospitable to strangers because you you may be unknowingly or unwittingly entertaining an angel. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, that that possibility is there. Um, But, again, this is all under the uh, sovereignty of God, what he is allowing and orchestrating angels to do. Um, I I don't think we need to go beyond that. In other words, I don't don't think it's good to speculate, well, where were those two men before they walked into Sodom and Gomorrah? Well, when exactly did they leave? Yeah, how did they get, how did they get, like, did they come from heaven and did they just appear on earth or do they have to, like... Uh, go through some kind of like we don't know yeah we we just don't know i mean and that's okay yeah you know like we don't have to know that answer but that's that's where that's where we're seeking that middle ground we're going as far as the scripture goes and we're we're comfortable staying there and saying i we don't know the answers to all those questions but what we do have we're responsible to be accountable absolutely um okay we've we've kind of touched on the appearance we've talked about uh the creation of angels um what else we we've mentioned this in some of our other passages that we've referenced but where do we see other references or mentions of of angels because we we talked about the hebrew word malach we talked about the greek word angelos what about other passages that refer to angels that don't necessarily use that vocabulary right is that is that in scripture and how yeah, do it's we there. okay yeah. how do, uh, how do the, we recognize well, it? the book of job um Job one and Job chapter one, chapter two, angels are called sons of God. There, um, Job chapter thirty-eight, uh, they're called morning stars. And how do you know that that's what those are? Well, I think the context is go. is what provides um, is is the indicator for us. There again, you know, we've talked about that in hermeneutics, and even when we're looking at biblical exposition episodes. That the context is so key, and even though they aren't called directly angels, uh, the context reveals that that's exactly what's being talked about in those particular texts. 
Yeah, that's really good. And we see that the same thing in like I'm thinking of he or excuse me of, of of Ephesians when Paul talks about the the spiritual armor, right? Ephesians chapter 6. Right. Uh, or back in chapter 2 when he talks about the principalities of the world. Um, it's clear when he's talking in those cases, he's talking in the spiritual realm. So when he speaks of the principalities, when he speaks of the princes, the prince of the power of darkness, like this yeah. is a reference not to a literal uh, physical prince on the earth, but rather the prince in the spiritual realm. Right. And so you have these references to these spirits, to these um, these um, help me help me with a couple other names. The, the, these dominions, yeah, these principalities. principalities, authorities. Colossians one, you referenced yeah. that earlier. Yeah, uh, the context is key on that. Uh, yeah, so that as well. The, they're not called angels there. But again, the context in Colossians one reveals that that's exactly what's being described. Right. There are there are spiritual beings, spiritual with with power, with dominion, with um, you know a, a distinction from humanity, but also in the created order of Colossians one. So again, these are references to angels that we can discern and we can understand because uh, they show up in context clearly indicates that that's what those are yeah here, here, here's one that i do want to i want to read this scripture uh psalm 89 verses 5 and 7 uh, the heavens will praise your wonders O lord your faithfulness also in the assembly of the holy ones okay psalm 89 angels here uh, are called holy ones okay now is is, is that a red flag Angels are called holy ones. Well, Sometimes you, God is called mm, holy, right? Right, right. <laughs> so could we use this verse to say, look, God is holy, 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 Isaiah chapter 6, and whoa, wait a minute here, Psalm 89, all of a sudden angels are called holy ones. So angels are equal to God. There it is. I'm going to disagree with you okay. there. Um, but go, go ahead. Keep keep. But when you when you highlight some of that, what do you what what really are we needing to pull out and draw out of that distinction? Um, to say are these the ones who have been set apart? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I think that would be the other side of the definition of holy right. that we look at. Uh, angels are set apart ones. Right. Clearly, they're they're set apart. Right. Um. This again, context would also argue mm-hmm. here that uh, the angels are not God. Yeah, and we uh, and we see so many references, especially in the Old Testament. You see these references where you go, "What in the world is it talking about?" Whenever the morning stars, like you mentioned in Job, well, or the sons of God. Well, who are the sons of? God? I thought I was a child of God, right? But the context, yeah. like you mentioned, dictates uh, that this is actually referencing something outside of the physical earth, and so this must mean the the holy angels, but not not divine, right. right? Like set apart, distinct, distinct from the fallen angels, right? The holy angels um, in that way. Okay, I want to ask you another question. Um, we talked about the two different uh, extremes that we can go into, either complete neglect or not really paying much attention to angels or this obsession with angels. and <laughs> Which is where we want you to be after this episode. <laughs> Hopefully not. not. Really. not Hopefully really. not. Um, no, no, no. Okay, so if... But on that side of obsession is this, and, and I don't want to use that word obsession in a, in a completely negative sense. Like, I think that there's good intentions, right, to say, sure. hey, I, I just want to know. I, I want to know more, and I want to, I want to understand more deeply. But 
especially like I believe in Catholic theology, there's a real emphasis and a delineation and a ranking system of angels. Do you have a master key guide chart that we can now look at and say, which angels are the greatest? How do they, how do they formulate their ranks? How do we answer? How do we deal with that question of ranking systems? Yeah. Well, you mentioned Roman Catholicism, you, you know, taking angels uh, to the extreme. Um, that was also true of the Jewish community mm. dur- during uh, the 400 silent years. You can look That's back right. at those writings, and you've got Jewish texts that talk about uh, angels basically being a part of the counsel of God and that God has to run his plans through angels, and there needs to be a majority vote before God can actually you know, bring something to pass. Uh, well, we would reject that. You can also see in Jewish writings um, where angels are attributed to different seasons. Angels are attributed to rain and, and things of that sort. It's so, it's so bizarre. Um, I, I do think that that is um, taking these texts that we're about to talk about out of context yeah. and, and placing them, uh, placing the angels in, in positions that the scripture doesn't go to. Yeah, it's an it's an unhealthy obsession yeah. that just says I have to have an answer to this, so I'm going to, um, I don't know, if distort or, or I'm going to I'm going to really tug on these scriptures and really manipulate yeah. them to say something um, so that I can get an answer to this question because right. I just can't live with the with the, <laughs> the possibility of not knowing. You know, like I th- I think that's probably the best of intentions can still lead to the worst of results. Yeah, sure. And, and that's, yeah. so uh, again, that would be my my statement on that. But to say, as you mentioned, Scripture does not go there. So where does Scripture go? Yeah, well, it, it seems as if Scripture uh, shows that there are groupings of angels, possibly ranks of okay. angels, mm-hmm. maybe certain angels that have specific tasks that others don't have. Uh, you know, you can think back in the early chapters of Genesis, well, what does God place uh, uh, to guard uh, right. the Garden the of garden, Eden, right? Whatever yeah. he casts out, sure. He 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 places the the cherubim there, right? A yeah. cherubim, okay. Yeah. And then in Isaiah chapter six, which we mentioned earlier, uh, we we've got seraphim, right? An angel with six wings that's around the throne of God. We see that in Revelation four and five. Um, so. I think it's okay to say that there are ranks of angels or groupings of angels. Mm-hmm. I don't really know how to go beyond that, though. Well, and I, okay, that's really good. I think that's exactly where we have to stop. I mean, there are such things as archangels, right? Like, like we know um, that Michael is called an archangel. We know in Daniel chapter ten that um, the prince, uh, the chief prince, was and had inhibited. Um, uh, help from coming to this nation, and so there's all this speculation about: Are do we have demonic forces that have uh, assignments over different nations and nationalities and peoples? And and you talk about these strongholds over really dark cities, like you know a Vegas or something in New Orleans. Yeah. Like, hey, there's real demonic power here. We simply don't know the answers to those questions, and we have to be okay with that. Yeah, uh, you know, we have names of Michael. We have names of Gabriel, and we have the name of Lucifer. That, that's all we see in, in the biblical text. That's it. And if you look at texts outside of Scripture, specifically Jewish writings mm-hmm. again, they've given names yeah. to other angels. Yeah, like Raphael, I yeah, think. And yeah. there's, 
don't know, what, maybe some other Ninja Turtle names. I'm not sure. You just but, can't go that far. Right. I mean, I guess we could sit around and name other angels if we wanted to, but how would those ever carry the weight of Scripture? And Scripture only reveals to Michael and Gabriel. Lucifer, isn't there some controversy around the the Hebrew text with Lucifer? Yeah, I mean, uh, even his name itself, and wh- where does that... Lucifer, the name Lucifer is... is pinned back into the Old Testament. Yeah. He's just the accuser right. in the Old Testament. We don't even have a name given to him. And even even that name Lucifer in the New Testament, there's debate on that. Right, because e- exactly. It, 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 it doesn't, it's not necessarily his created name. Right. Right, like the Satan, or that that's the adversary. That's what Satan means. And so um, we give him the name Satan or we give him the name Lucifer, but really the only moniker that God has given in his revealed word for an angel is Michael and Gabriel. Those are the only ones that's that we it. have. And and that's it. And it's frustrating for people who want answers to every single question. But but my encouragement, my advice would be, this is exactly how much revelation God wanted to give on this subject, and we have to be okay with it. Yeah, we, we want to we be content. We want to mm-hmm. be satisfied with it. Because if we grumble and complain about it, right. well, now, now, now we're taking up an issue with God. God, right. why didn't you give us more names? Well, and it's almost as if we we suggest that God's revelation is insufficient to answer the questions that we might have, and God is not under any obligation right. to answer any questions. The reality is when we deal with the ranks of angels, we simply know that there are different uh, groupings or different uh, labels given to specific angels, some maybe with different tasks, some maybe with different power, some maybe with different clearance in heaven. We don't know right. uh, the details of it, but we have some kind of distinction between labels that are given to angels. We don't need to build a hierarchy. We don't need to have um, a flow chart of power uh, coming down <laughs> from the divine council of heaven. Like that's not that's not biblical. It's extra biblical. That's outside of scripture, and um, and that's simply all that the that the Bible does say. And and we're okay with that. And it's we're yeah. that's fine with with how we would build our doctrine um, of angels. We would stop there and say, oh, there's seraphim, there's cherubim, there's archangels, there's Michael, there's Gabriel. That's, right. That's what we know. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> leading us into our next question, yeah. do we even know the number or the amount of angels that are in existence? Do do we? Is there a specific number? Right? Can I tell you to turn to Revelation twenty one and God has revealed this right. number? Well, to answer that question as adequately as we did the last <laughs> one, no, we yeah, don't know. We don't know. We don't. We don't know how many we're, but we do know that there is a great multitude. Right. So it is, uh, I, I think of Revelation chapter, was it 5? Revelation 5, that there's 10,000 times 10,000, right? Like this, which signifies, it's not that you can multiply that out, and you're like, oh, that's 10 million angels. Like, <clears throat> it's it's more, uh, or what would that be, 100 million angels? I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's I, didn't, I didn't bring my calculator <laughs> here. Uh, you're the math guy. It's, I know, I should be. I think it's 100 million. Uh, it should, but but the point is that this is a, an innumerable amount, that if you're looking yeah. upon this, if John is observing this, he's trying to find a way to, to connotate and write down a number that says, I'm looking out into this this sea of angels and I can't give you a number. Right. That's how great the multitude is. That's his point. Yeah, you said it. Hebrews twelve, an innumerable number, mm. Mm. an innumerable amount. Yeah. Right? Uh, there is 
Yeah, we can't give you one. I'm myriads, sorry. Myriads, yeah. myriads, just just many, many, many angels. I mean, the the proclamation of the birth of Christ in Luke chapter two. Um, you've got the 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 morning stars in uh, Job thirty eight, like that, that. Again, that reference to a number far greater than you can comprehend and see with your right. eyes. And that and that's that's all that Scripture tells us, and we're okay with that. Um, now let let's talk about something a little bit more concrete a little bit more definitive that we can we can try okay. to answer a little bit yeah. <laughs> and we we mentioned this a let's little be bit dogmatic with, with about <laughs> something here let's actually come down and say something uh we mentioned this at the beginning um about the names of angels but what exactly do angels do um we we've talked about the fact that we don't know how many of there are there's a lot of them we they have some kind of classification some kind of uh, distinction of the of these different types of angels, but that's all we know. Um, there's many different references to them. We've talked about their appearance. We've talked about the fact that they were created beings. What were they created to do? What was their what is their task? What is their um, their role in creation? I would say to worship God. Yeah. Right. Yeah. To to worship God. I think of Revelation chapter four, uh, verse eight. You've got the uh, four living creatures, which are most likely angels here. Uh, They're crying out, Mm. holy, 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 the Lord God Almighty who was and who is and who is to come. It's it's a wonderful picture of angels bowing down before God, expressing their worship of Him, right? Yeah, and that's you're exactly right. I mean, those, those passages that we've mentioned... Uh, from Job, from Isaiah 6, uh, Revelation 4 and 5. Every yeah. time we see angels in heaven, in the throne room, they are worshiping and shouting praises to God uh, incessantly. That's what they do. They are created to give God glory. Right. Yeah. Uh, in fact, there are some people, we didn't talk about this when we talked about when were angels actually created, like when. It's somewhere in that six-day period. Again, another question we can't answer right. um, because the Bible doesn't give us specifics. But there are some that suggest that angels would have been the first thing that God created because what they do is they cry out His praises. They cry out His worship. They cry out His glory. And that's what their their entire uh, task in being created is to do, is to worship God. That's that's number one, first and foremost, that's their task. Yeah, and it's intelligent worship. I'm looking down at Revelation chapter 5, uh, verse 12. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain, right? I mean, mm. they under, I mean they're worshiping God over the gospel, mm-hmm. right? Worthy is the Lamb, right? That's right. I mean, they understand the Old Testament sacrificial system there, and they understand, you know, like John the Baptist did, behold the Lamb of God, right? I mean, uh, yeah, verse 12 goes on to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength mm. and honor and glory and blessing. I mean, that's worship. Yeah, that, 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 that is worship at yeah. its finest. Right. That's exactly right. All right. Um, what else? Okay. Other things that, that angels do, uh, they minister to believers. Yeah, we'll you come, quoted that earlier, yeah, right? Yeah, Hebrews 1 14. Uh, are not all angels ministering spirits? Um, How's the rest of that verse go? Sent to minister to those who min- inherit salvation. There you go. Yeah, that's that's why I bring you around, yeah. and you know those. That's why you allow me to record. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, they minister to believers, um, and then we're hopefully, Lord willing, the next episode we do, we're gonna uh, exegete Luke chapter fifteen 
And when you have references there to the lost being found, we see that they rejoice at the salvation and the conversion of sinners. So angels rejoice in the work of God. Yeah, I love that. Right? Like they, like they, they are in heaven praising God, but praising God in an active sense when he does the miraculous work of salvation. Right. They're intelligent. They're actively involved. They're engaged. Um, you, you know, again, they're not robotic. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're not in, in the heavens just kind of meandering around. You know, they're, right. they're actively involved in worshiping God and seeing God's plan unfold. Right. They're, they're not sitting on a cloud playing a harp with, <laughs> with little wings, right? I mean, it's a distorted view of yeah. what angels do. They're, they're around the throne, and they're not mindlessly, as you mentioned, they're not mindlessly droning some kind of, uh, you know, this like just repeated this old song, but they are going forth with every bit of might that they have. They are proclaiming the goodness of the gospel. They are praising God. They are <laughs> worshiping him. They're celebrating in heaven at the conversion of the lost. They are involved in... Um, giving God glory and praise for his work even now. Right. They're active in that. Um, okay, one more comment about what the what angels do. There is a, in Scripture, we see them doing other things. What other things have we seen? We've even mentioned some of these things. Um, like you mentioned Sodom and Gomorrah. You've mentioned um, the appearance uh, of angels to to whoever. What else have have we seen? Yeah, there seems to be a couple texts in Galatians, um, and I think it's Galatians three or four, where they they may have played a part in the giving of the law, mm. um, may have played a part in the revelation or the revealing of God. We don't know exactly what that looks like right. either, but um, when you start talking here, I'm going to look up that <laughs> reference because I can't remember it off the top of my head. Um, Go ahead, I'll turn there. Yeah. Uh, so uh, th- they are working, um, maybe even in that way, mm-hmm. uh, participating with God in uh, the revealing of the law. Um, I can think of some times in the Old Testament where the angels are not playing around at all, right? Where they're throwing down judgment right. hard, right? right? You, well, you mentioned one with the... Um, yeah, you turn to Galatians. I'll talk like as if you're listening. <laughs> you mentioned when Adam and Eve are cast out of the Garden of Eden, the angel uh, angels are sent there to guard the Garden of Eden. You see, you mentioned Sodom and Gomorrah. These angels are sent to express and to execute judgment upon the enemies of God. Um, in the New Testament, and in the Old, but I'm thinking specifically in the New Testament, you have angels coming to Joseph, to Mary, to to communicate the blessings of the birth, uh, the birth announcement, the the announcement of John the Baptist. Like these right. angels come to as messengers to deliver this great yeah. message. Right. We got to keep going with. Yeah, they keep they show up uh, when Christ is tempted in the wilderness. That's right. They minister to Christ. Right. They they show up whenever Christ is uh, resurrected. Right. Right. Like they they're at the tomb. They show up when Christ ascends. Yep. Where do they the not show up? At the cross. They're not that, there at the cross. Yeah. That's yeah. that's only that's only the work of the Son. Right. Right. That's only that's only the Lamb who endures that um, himself. Um, gosh, that's a, that's a sermon right there. Yeah, I didn't, no, we didn't that, even, that can that can preach. Gosh, right there. that's good. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, but but my point in bringing all these things up is to say that these tasks have now ceased with the closing of Scripture. Right. Right. Like these were special tasks that were um, given to the angels for the plan of salvation to unfold 
on the earth. What did you find? Yeah, your, it your was. Reference in yeah, Galatians? it was Galatians chapter three, uh, verse nineteen. Um, what purpose then does the law serve? It was added because of transgressions till the seed should come to whom the promise was made, and it was appointed through angels by the hand of a mediator. Hmm. So some commentators relay that text back to Old Testament oh, law. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and again, I think, so if they did have that special task, that task is no longer needed, right? right? Because yeah, like the gospel has been yep. completed. So I Absolutely. think that really, that all ties Cannons together. closed. Right. The, the, the revelation of God has been completed because the gospel has been made fully manifest. And so there is no more special activity for angels on this earth outside of praising God, uh, ministering to believers, rejoicing at the conversion of sinners, or whatever other task might take place in the uh, underneath the created order of angelic beings. Um Okay. The angels sound legit. Yeah, we got a lot. We we've covered a lot. Yeah, they Let's, sound legit. Should we worship them? <laughs> Should we worship them? I mean, they, they sound fascinating, man. Why yeah. not? Yeah. Why, why would Why would we? Well, first of all, do we not see John? Like I think of John doing this. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Revelation. Uh, yeah, Revelation nineteen and twenty two. Uh, okay. Yeah, you've got those down. Um, yeah, John falls down at their feet when he sees them and start, and they they rebuke him. They say, "Hey, easy here." I'm not God. Don't worship me or worship God. Yeah, they say worship God. They, the angels actually say, we are fellow doulasses. Mm. We are fellow slaves. That'll preach too. Right? So angels know their proper place, and they they get on to John real quick when he is clearly not thinking correctly, right? Yeah, and, and what's amazing about that is that John, is. this is in the midst of his revelation of right. the throne room, and he still is tempted to bow down to them because, and they willingly grab him and say, get back up on your feet. Do not do that to me. Instead, let's both together turn and worship God. Right. And so we are alongside angels. So yes, we must uh, understand that we, that worship of angels is forbidden. It is outside. And of course this, this lines up systematically. They're created beings. Right. They're not divine. Yeah. Well, as part of why we brought these things up, what is their task? Their task is to to serve underneath of God, to worship God alongside of us. Um, so again, not worship them. Um, okay, let's ask some some kind of closing up here, wrapping this thing up. Let's let's hit up a few FAQs, okay, rap- right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like. Like, we're gonna let's rapid fire these things. I'm, okay. gonna, I'm gonna ask you the first one, and we'll just go down the list here. Okay, do we have guardian angels? <laughs> You're gonna ask me that question real quick. Um, I'm gonna say no. Okay. Um, so you don't have a specific one. I would yes, I would say okay. I would say I do not have a, a specific one. Now, the their scripture has a lot to say. Well, not a lot. Scripture has a couple of verses that speak to this. Uh, Psalm ninety one eleven. I was just looking this one up. Uh, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. We mentioned Hebrews one fourteen. Uh, ministering spirits are not all angels. Ministering spirits sent to uh, finish the verse. Inherit, yeah, sent to, to, minister to minister to those, those who inherit uh, eternal Salve. salvation. Yeah. Um, Acts twelve. Remember when Peter's in prison and an angel delivers him, and they go and knock on the door, and the okay. and the slave girl comes and says, right. "Peter's here," and they say, "No, no, no, that's his angel." Like that, surely it's not Peter. So there are some passages that maybe suggest that each individual has a guardian angel. I don't think that we can build a definitive case yeah. for that, other than to say that God has sent angels 
as a collective whole to minister to believers as a collective yeah, whole? Yeah, I think it's a yes, no. I don't know okay. if one's yeah. specifically yeah. attached to me, yeah. but are they active? Right. I, I, of I, course. I would say yes. yes. You, you mentioned plenty of references to support that. Right. Okay, let me ask you one. Do we see angels today? Okay. Like, did I maybe drive past an right. angel on the side of the road who was holding out money asking to see if maybe I would give? Yeah, I, I, I would say it's possible. Uh, I wouldn't say that it's likely, and I, I would say that it's a rarity. Hebrews 13.2, we're told to be hospitable. We mentioned this earlier, be mm-hmm. hospitable to strangers because you could be entertaining angels. So I think, yes, it is possible to see an angel in human form. They would have to be an adult male because that would be consistent with Scripture. How do we identify that? No idea. Does that mean every stranger that we come across, <laughs> you know, that it has to be an angel because I don't know that person because the Hebrews thirteen two says right. you know it could be right so uh, yeah I, I think it's possible I think it's unlikely well and there's um, no way we would ever know yeah I mean in the, outside of Revelation how would anybody have ever sure. known like and, there are so many cases where they they don't even know that they're that's what right. Hebrews thirteen two says you may have entertained angels unaware yeah like that's the whole point so yeah. it's possible yeah and look and if an angel shows up in angelic form you will know because you will be face down on the ground okay yeah shaking in fear um and likely if that happens there's been a mistake somewhere because that activity has ceased with the closing of the canon okay next question here do i become an angel when i die if i'm a believer do i become an angel in heaven when i die i mean i think we could do a a little mini app on this particular aspect quickly here no okay you don't i would agree with that as well um i would say two things to that number one um I think of First Peter chapter one, the angels long to look into some of the mysteries of the gospel, into the mysteries of election, into the mystery of God's pouring out his grace and loving kindness upon sinners, because angels don't angels are not saved. Yeah. Uh, angels the blood of Christ is not poured out on the cross for angels, right. right? Like that's only for us. And secondly, Paul says in First Corinthians chapter six, Do you not know that we will judge angels? Like yeah. there's there's a we are a category a created category that is different from angels we're right. distinct from them yeah if you look through all the texts that talk about heaven you will always see a distinction between believers and angels right no texts that talk yeah. about any crossing over or overlapping they're yeah. always distinct two from different one types of yeah. creation right yep. okay next question this is an easy one for you should i pray to angels Let's couch it. There are those who would argue, yes, this is not just some made-up thing, right? Like, should should I legitimately pray to angels to intercede for me? I would say no, because they aren't God. Uh, two, there's no command anywhere in Scripture to do that. Three, even if I did pray out loud to an angel, that angel would literally have to be in the room with me because they're not all-knowing. They don't have the de- attributes and character of deity, and they're not omnipresent. Mm-hmm. So there, there's just too many problems with that, so no. Yeah, yeah. Do angels marry one another? That's a that's a negative. Okay. Um, first of all, we don't even have we don't have any indication, to my knowledge. Correct me if I'm wrong, but of any female, feminine angel. I shouldn't say female or male because it's that's a that's a human category. But the masculine is the only yeah. reference, to my knowledge, of angels. So they don't we don't have male and female. And in fact, Matthew 22 in the resurrection, angels neither marry. Um, or excuse me, we will not marry or be given in marriage because we will be like the angels in heaven. That's right. what that's what Jesus says there. Those are Jesus' own words. Right. He's got a pretty good idea of yeah, what's going he's on. He's been. Um, he knows what's <laughs> happening. So no, angels do. There's not like 
an angel family tree up up in heaven, right? Like with mom, dad, and baby angels. That yeah. just that doesn't happen. Um, I think I just took your well, you did, next yeah. One. Do they procreate? No, no absolutely not. Same, one, they don't thing. marry. Right. Two, if they did procreate outside of marriage, we've got some issues with that as well. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, do angels die? Oh, that's a good question. I just thought of that one. Um, I would say no. No, they, yeah. they're 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 beings. It's angels are much like the souls of men in the sense that they exist forever. They're not eternal uh, backwards. Right. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Like 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 eternity it's a, future, not well, eternity past. Yes. Like there was a a punctilier creation point, but they ex- they continue to exist forever. They yeah. don't. We're not annihilationists yeah. on the subject of angels. Yeah. That's good, and and they don't die. They they don't uh, they don't face the the same the same things because they are different from us. So all okay, right, give well, me an initiative. I was gonna say, do we hurry. have any, anything else? All right, we we'll wrap it up, Tom. Yeah, Man. everything else we'll just cover in a mini app. No problem. Uh, my initiative for today, when I think about the doctrine of angels, seek that middle ground, and recognize that angels testify to the glory of God. That's that's yeah. their purpose. That's what they do. When we look at angels, that's what we should think of. Yeah, I, I would echo that. Study the scripture. See how God is using angels to unfold his great plan. Mm, that's right? good. He, he's using them. That's really right? good. Progressive revelation using angels to get to the gospel yeah, itself. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. Are we done? Wrapped yeah, up? I, I think that's it. Do okay. We, yep, we're right, under let, an hour. Let, Let's go. Okay, let, let, me, let me close this out here. If you're not doing so already, make sure you subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Give us some reviews. Give us some comments on there. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Like us on Facebook at Reformed Informants. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at R underscore informants. And don't forget, you can find Zach's access to all of our episodes, links to all our social media platforms, all at our website at www dot the majestiesmen.com slash reformed informants yeah yeah that's a mouthful, mouthful i got a lot to say wow wow well if you have any questions or suggestions for topics of discussion feel free to email us at reformed informants at gmail.com